The song you just heard is Sunshine by Brother or Brother off their Neon Native LP. I talked to Chris Banna from Brother or Brother, and that's coming up next. I do have a couple exciting announcements. Uh, I'm going to be part of First Friday's Fringe Fest, or 5F, this Friday at Goshen Art House. Fringe Fest will be bringing you improv, stand-up comedy, short plays, music, and some big surprises. It's going to be held at Goshen Art House on February 2nd. That's this Friday from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. You can get tickets for individual shows or for, for $5 or the whole Fringe Fest for $25. Bucks. Tickets are available at the door, and we'd love to see you all out there at the Fringe Fest. After recording my interview with Chris Banna from Brother or Brother, I learned that they will be playing at Vegetable Buddies in South Bend on February 17th. This is a show you don't want to miss. Brother or Brother plays hard-driving blues with frenetic energy that will blow your mind. I know I'll be there. Make sure you get there and be the one telling the stories about the show instead of listening to the stories. There's going to be stories, I promise. We are sponsored by Mapletronics Computers and Vala Marketing. Both have recently revamped their websites, so take a look at mapletronics.com and valamarketing.com to see what they bring to the table. Now, this interview was done uh, via Google Hangouts since Chris lives in Franklin, Indiana. It's a little south of Indy. There were some technical difficulties, but I got most of them fixed, and I think it sounds okay. I also left some of the after-podcast chatter at the end because I thought it was interesting. Brother Oh Brother is one of my favorite bands in the last several years, and Chris is a hardworking man, and so is Warner for that matter. Check out Brother O Brother on Facebook and Instagram. Also, vinyl collectors should check out Chris's label, Romanus Records. They are doing some crazy stuff with vinyl, including LED digital stuff and uh, stuff with colored sand and lots of really neat stuff. Thanks for listening, and here comes Chris Banna. All right, I've got Chris Banta here from Brother O' Brother, one of my favorite bands I discovered in 2017, and I, I'm just excited to be able to uh, talk to you and talk to you about your music. My first experience with you guys, well, my first experience was I was a big fan of Asaria because I had seen them a couple times at Ignition Music there in Goshen. And they were always mentioning brother or brother, or brother nice or brother. Yeah. So I started listening to your stuff on Spotify and really, really liked it. And then you played uh, Ignition and 
you were there with Viseria and just totally blew me away. And I was really, I was happy and sad at the same time because my wife couldn't go because she was in Florida, but I got to bring my brother and my brother is always like a hundred percent better at knowing about new music than I am. And I actually got to expose him to you guys and he was totally blown away and a huge fan, bought all your CDs. So then you guys played a show. But uh, then you guys played with Viseria, and I don't remember the name of the first band, at Fountain Square over Halloween, and I got to take my wife to that one. Um, yeah, um, I should know. I put them on the bill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, why am I forgetting? It's a terrible. They don't listen to it. Um, yeah, we uh, every year, me and Warner dresses wrestlers. Yeah, and play a show, <laughs> and each year we've increased our amount of. Wrestling. And this year we had the wrestling ring, like, right? Uh, did some training and then raised all the money though for Indiana adoption, so that was super cool. Yeah, that's that. That was a really neat night, and uh, uh, the the uh, comment my wife made afterwards was, "I don't even know how to describe that," and th- that doesn't that that meant it was really good so she she enjoyed it as well that's good that's important uh my wife definitely it's uh i mean she loves me and she loves what she thinks is cool what we're doing and everything um but she's a much more like a subdued classy lady Mm -hmm. and so whenever she whenever i take her to go and she sees something that she really likes. I think, wow, that must be really good. So. <laughs> yeah, I think you made. I think you so. made a reference one point that uh, that she likes Viseria better than Brother or Brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a good way to put over other bands. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, uh, you know, you and Warner are obviously brother or brother so it's uh the the guitar player and singer and drummer so i'm sure everybody makes white stripes and black keys references how do you uh separate yourself from those types of references um i mean those aren't things that are necessarily bad um i mean they're (laughs) huge influences of mine and i'm a huge fan um but yeah you gotta you know you gotta carve out and be your own thing and i think one of our big things is I think we branch a little bit more towards some of like the, uh, the stuff, even though we're not exactly stoners, but like, just like <laughs> that, just that more kind of extra fun kind of bit of tunes out there. Um, and the big thing for us was I've a lot of genres, like the bands are great. Um, but their live show is just a snooze fest. And like, yeah. and it's real disappointing because you'll, you're like, man, this this song's so heavy, and like, you're expecting to just that, you know, when you go, I guess, see the band live or something like that. They display that, you know, through their actions, through their stage presence, and like, statuesque. And so that's super important for us that we kind of be in ourselves, but like, be the things that I guess for us we would want to see. It's like a it's like body language, you know, you're 
if you're in a song or something, the way you think it sounds in your brain, if your body language and your stage presence, like it should represent and kind of lead people to, you know, understand the feeling that you're hoping for them to get when hearing, you know, a song super important to us. And also a good live show and stuff like covers up for a lot of mistakes. You know, if you're, <laughs> if you're just going all out the whole time and stuff, like it can cover up for a lot of, a lot of goofs. Cause like people won't notice it because you're not on the whole, sh- the show as a whole, instead of it being like a, a re- piano recital. You know? Right. So. Right. Well, I can say from the two shows I've seen, it looks like you guys really want to be there. <laughs> I mean, so high energy and, <laughs> and, and, and really I compare your showmanship to like, uh, like an Alice Cooper, um, without all the props. Um, cause you know, he puts on a different persona and gets up there and does his thing. And there's no way you can be on fire like that all day, every day. So you really put it on when you go on stage. Oh yeah. No. And that's the difference between, you know, entertainment and, you know, living your life. Like, uh, sometimes I think people after the show or something like, man, you got like, they'll talk to us before and they'll be like, man, you guys are like really mild mannered and stuff. And you're so <laughs> wild on stage. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't contribute to society if I acted like I did, Yeah, you know, on stage. Like I wouldn't want to be around me. I'd be like way too intense, <laughs> but like, that's like a safe space to be that way, you know? So it's, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, being a performer of any kind, like at least for the way that we play our show, just being weird and wild and stuff like I get paid to, I'm getting paid and appreciated to act that way. Right. I couldn't do that much of anything else in life. So I'm super thankful that I have an outlet that I get to do that. And also people, you know, enjoy it. Right. So. When you were uh, growing up, were you growing up there in Franklin? I was. What, what started you, uh, um, what, what got you into music and you know, what bands, started started your journey and all that kind of stuff for sure so i am like a huge just sports guy have been like all my life um like any any good indiana boy all i wanted to do was go to iu play basketball you know play pro ball get drafted by the Pacers. you know just the whole you know stereotypical indiana boy thing and it didn't all work out, obviously. <laughs> but from all that, like, I just, I really enjoyed music, but I was never, like, passionate about it. Um, I And people who played instruments, I thought, like, in my brain, I was like, ah, those, those are nerds. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not going to play an instrument. It's dorky. And I remember, oh, I was, like, going into middle school in sixth grade, and some of my friends joined band. And they bring you all these instruments that like you can just fart around with and like see if like would you would you be interested in band? And I was like, no, nah, these are dumb. I'm not <laughs> playing in no band. And my stepdad, uh, who is awesome, uh, huge, huge, you know, just classic rock, eighties hair metal guy. Uh-huh. I'd go to their my stepdad and mom's house every other weekend. We'd, we we would just he was he's a huge KISS fan. And I just remember he had an acoustic guitar and he'd play a little bit and 
I thought it was kind of cool, but I was like, eh, I don't want to do that. But then I would fart around and he never pushed me. He was just like, oh, do you, do you want to, do you want to maybe play guitar? I'm like, no, dad, no, I just, I'm just looking at it. <laughs> and like, all, all good, all good men. Uh, there was this girl in this cul-de-sac and I was out pretending to play guitar as a sixth grader. I didn't, I knew nothing. Um, I think her name was Carrie and she was like, I like your guitar playing. <laughs> and that's when I knew, that's when I knew I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And, uh, I told my dad, Hey dad. Yeah. I'd like to borrow that second guitar. I want to learn. And, uh, that's how I got, that's how I got into music. And then from there, you know, just life took, you know, hold where I just took rock because of my dad. I really gravitated towards uh, more like, Hendrix type stuff and um, a lot more psychedelic rock. And mm-hmm. then as I got older, um, I continued to like just kind of the bluesier stripped down versions of that kind of stuff. And I remember just getting turned on to the black keys in particular when I was a sophomore in high school, they must've been on band for like a year at this point, but they're playing indie jazz fest. And I was there with my family I don't know why Black Keys are playing Indie Jazz Fest. Three <laughs> o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. I'll never forget it. Wow. And I was just like, whoa. Like, this is like, this is ha- this is what I want my music like at that time. I was like, this is what I want. I want to be able to do that. Like that sound is it was like revolutionary to me. And that was when I really like first really wanted to get into more electric stuff. And then time passed and you know, just kept getting into more and more stuff like that. And, uh, you know, in college and, um, started a couple other cruddy bands and then eventually over time landed on this one and it was the right fit. So, well, I'm glad you did what you did. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a super fan. And you, if you look at your Spotify stats, it's probably, uh, leaning very heavily towards the uh, northern indiana area because it's pretty much listened to at work on my way to a client and going home and the thing about you guys is you don't have you, you don't have a song i don't like so i never skip a song so you know it's always i have to listen to an album from front to back every every time i put it on and i mean you've got a couple in particular that just I mean, there's some, so, you, you do a lot of social commentary and the, uh, uh, means to be a woman is one that really strikes a chord with me because, you know, I, I, I have a daughter and I think it could be like the theme song for the whole Me Too movement and, because it's just perfect. And it was, uh, yeah, like that was just, uh, I, it's a lot easier for me to write lyrics about things that are, seen you know and i i'm just thinking about things that i was seeing in the world around me or things that are really affecting me or whatever i i don't know how to write lyrics like otherwise like i'm always like impressed by people who can just write songs about someone else or some other you know something that's not connected to them but yeah like our band something's always just been super important for us is to be willing to just take on different topics, you know, and, but just hopefully package them in a way that isn't corny, I guess. Right. 
How did you and uh, Warner end up uh, hooking up? Because I, I, you mentioned in one of the shows that you guys were in different different bands, and I, I think the comment was shitty bands. And then then you uh, met up and decided to do the brother or brother thing. Cluster groups, but they were fun. Like uh, you don't want to go look them up. But <laughs> what we did was like. I played in this band a little bit through college and the red wire and, uh, was with some great friends, you know, but the band wasn't so good. Uh huh. And then he played with the bands, man. He was in a new band scene, like talking to him like every other week or something, but like he did stuff with this band called nuclear after party. And when I was in the red wire, we like played like three shows in a row together, not on purpose. It just happened time passed i stopped the red wire and his band stopped and um, we didn't really even know each other very well but um i was getting this project rolling it's like i know i can do this i know i can make this go well i just have to find some like-minded people and i was at lowe's getting some rope (laughs) some like stretching rope I wasn't like going to like hang myself or something (laughs) I was going to get some rope cut and uh, Warner has worked for Lowe's for like over a decade like 12 years Uh and uh, that's a testament also to like you can he's like a he's like front end manager of the store like real high up Mm -hmm. and we still did almost 100 shows last year so if you're wondering I don't know. Can I do full time with the job? Like we both have full time jobs, wives, kids. Like you can make it happen if you want it to happen. Right. But I don't. And uh, he just happened to be the person that came there to cut the rope. And I go, hey man, you look familiar. I remember your face or something. Were you in a band or something? He goes, yeah, I was in yada yada. And I was like, oh, I was in this other band. And uh, he's like, oh, cool. And I told him, hey, I've got this project I'm getting ready to, I've already been working on. I have songs written, but um, or but I've already got some, you know, stuff kind of in my mind. Because I, I play drums, not nearly as, as good as he does, but I can more than, you know, play a beat. It at least helps when I'm talking to a drummer, like I'm not just like, yeah, you do the bang and the smack thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you want to just try it out, like I just, you know, just asked him and he's like, Oh sure. I don't care. Why not? And so we got together and went good and player even at the time. And like, uh, man, that was it. Just the dumbest of luck. Like there's so many reasons that it should have never happened. Like the band should have never existed. Like if I wouldn't have got roped that day, <laughs> you know, like we're the best of friends and our wives are best friends and man, it's been awesome. So love that dude. Yeah, that's great. And you know, as far as being a showman, he's, uh, he's definitely a great guy to have with you on stage because he definitely adds to the show. Definitely. So we work really hard too to think of ways beyond just playing your instrument and performing to like have extra showmanship with him as a drummer because um, I think there's a lot of times like that's a uh, I think people would just you just think like well this is just kind of where you're confined to being now you know for the rest of the show and there's ways to you know bring him off the 
a little bit at times or just things just to make it more than just you know i play the drums and then i'm done you know? yeah so, and especially with the two piece we're just trying to find every square inch of i don't know real estate we can in a place you know in any venue to find ways to you know engage people so. right i was going to ask you also about these really cool vinyl pressings you're doing that are that are uh, digital and lit up and have remote control and everything. I mean, you put that one out yeah. and it, what it sold out like almost instantly. It looks like you're going to do another one with that monster truck EP. Yeah. So, um, has been on six different independent labels for vinyl and, Coincidentally, uh, we run our own our own label called Romanus Records, and it's been a label for about a year and a half. It just finished its like first full calendar year. And what happened was, I was making starting to make some of these handmade customs um, for our own band when we were on other labels, um, and I still do sometimes. But I needed people to know who was making them. I needed them so instead of just the label we were on. Mm -hmm. So I created Romanus Records so that people would have that level of differentiation. And our vinyl base just grew so big, uh, it just made sense to start doing it with other bands. Um, so I hand make like, almost all those super weird customs you see. Like I'm hand-making all those, like the sand-filled. Uh, um, we have some of these really holographic-looking ones. I did just finish making the world's first led record that took me like eight months to figure it out but uh -huh. it's, you know if you're listening it's got led lights in it and it's remote control powered and that took a long time to figure out how to do and just trying to be innovative and like with anything you're just trying to you know have ways to get people attention um and that's definitely helped i mean we've shipped vinyl to almost like 20 countries and um you know, it's it's been crazy, and it's definitely helped because you know we're going to shows sometimes to a city for the first time, and because of our vinyl that people know us so well from, like we're showing up to places and there's already you know a good amount of people there to see us because they've already been a collector and they found out about us because of our our wild vinyl and stuff. So for any band or any you know, artists, whatever, like, I just encourage you, however you can figure out your own way on something you're passionate about, like to make yourself different, to stand out to just, because I think in a lot of ways there's more good bands than ever now, but you just have to find a way to cut through all that stuff because it's easier than ever to just, you know, have pretty decent recording quality. So, um, yeah, the vinyl is just something I was super passionate about and it just, uh, it's morphed into something else. I mean, it's been crazy. And, uh, our first full calendar year, it's been super successful, and I don't even know how how it's gotten to be where it is. So it it was really cool. I watched the uh, the the demo of it and all that, and thought I I just thought that is a really neat way to differentiate yourself and uh, put yourself out there. I and you talked. It's funny you talked about the um, the the amount of good music that's out there i you know i'm i'm a little older than you and during the 90s i pretty much checked out because there was so much stuff on the internet that i couldn't keep up with it and there was so much that i 
didn't really care for and I didn't want to listen to that I kind of regressed and just listened to my classic rock for about five years. And, you know, it, it was, it was pretty <laughs> much, pretty much the who and, uh, X and the blasters and Dave Alvin for about five years. And then I finally started paying a little attention and I, I was very systematic about it. I would find a band that I liked and I would check out all the bands that they mentioned and then I would just grow a tree from there and uh, build build from there. And the really cool thing is, is now I'm starting to look at both local bands around here and bands that are um, in like like Indiana, Indiana and Michigan. And I thought when, when I when I found Viseria, I thought that was a little gem. And then when I found you guys, that's another little gem. So it's really cool to to discover that and yeah. and you feel, feel you feel like a kid again. Yeah, no, it's man, it's uh, it's just kind of, it's 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 truly it's like a labor of love sometimes because like you have to, it's you have to make an effort, you know, to to be willing to look for new things. But it's when you find something that you like, that's new to you. And it's just like, there's still that awesome feeling of discovery for sure. Right. Hopefully that never changes. So now one of the things I like to talk to different bands about is one of the things that I pay a lot of attention to because I listen to Spotify and I pay my nine ninety nine to listen to it. But everything I'm reading is it's not sustainable and the artists don't make anything from it. Do you feel like Spotify is a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I just think it, it's the, I don't know. It's the lay of the land, I guess at this time, like I'm not, I, I'm not like a huge fan of Spotify. Like I, there's, there's tons of other music platforms that like, pay artists better like you know things like uh like band camp youtube just even like youtube like pays significantly better mm -hmm. than um the advantage to spotify is you know the whole playlist basically discovery um you know playlists and whatnot but yeah the i'll be i think it's sustainable only because there's so much funding behind it at this point it almost feels like it's too big to fail mm -hmm. kind of thing so even if, it's, you know, I know it just posted like huge losses last, you know, within the last calendar year. But there's also, you know, there's places like Angie's List that, you know, posted losses for six or eight years. But, they're you know, they're showing like 10 to 20 percent growth, you know, for a long time. So there's, I don't know if you know anything about business, there's some liquidity with all that stuff, but right. that's one of the biggest reasons that like we are so big into vinyl um, is, you know, the physical experience is so much more tangible with vinyl and we've tried to make our stand out. And as an artist, like we make way, 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 way more money moving physical units than we do with Spotify, you know, for, for me to make 20 bucks off Spotify, like, which is a record we'd have to, you know, I don't know, get, 15,000 silly, you know, on a song or I, you know, yeah. it's crazy. It's something that I haven't put a ton of time into. Um, you just kind of, you know, make some of your own beds and line them. And, um, 
But, you know, if I also do see how it's helped other bands really get exposed through getting on some, like, you get on a couple big curated playlists and it can really change the trajectory of your band. So, right. Um, I mean, I think there's good and evils in all of it. Um, but for us, I mean, we've really pushed our physical into every which way we can just because the reality is, is I'm like, all right, would I rather my band, you know, realistic like if it if i we stop in five years or something would i rather my band end and i had like i don't know three million four million ten million whatever spotify plays i don't know three grand <laughs> show for it or would i rather like bust a pump and you know have a good little good long run and then because we've pushed so much on physical sales and things like that more money to show for it at the end which we're able to help our families with or like help you know maybe even like impact someone's life with like i'd much rather have that so we've just really pushed onto that route like not that money is definitely not everything but there is there is some level of validation because no one ironically spends their dollar right so right on the potential corporate evil scourge that is that is spotify but i do think it has its own merits for sure so right well, and it's it's just so convenient because, you know, I I hear you guys mentioned or I see you guys mentioned on Facebook and then I just type you into Spotify and I listen and I decide right there whether I like you or I don't. And, you know, it's it's sure. it's right there. So it's just it's just so easy to do that. It's also very easy to do the Spotify hack where I just open up my Spotify when I go to bed and put one of your albums on and just put it on repeat and uh, get you a few extra plays. Maybe you make a nickel. <laughs> you know, I have a, we appreciate that. Um, there was some band a little while back. I thought, I think there's some sort of litigation they got. They were doing that. Um, and I thought, man, I was like, I wonder what the legal rim, that's probably somewhere in, you know, in the mega, mega, mega fine print or whatever. Um, yeah. But I was like, yeah, like, I'd love to have like, you know, basically a server in my house and just have like 20 computers just yeah. at all times, <laughs> just cracking out. That might be. You know, but that's probably how they got busted there. That yeah. one ISP address, you know, is just really cracking out, right. you know, insert band name. So. <laughs> I don't want to. I, I don't want to get everybody's hopes up, but uh, there may be a South Bend date for Brother or Brother in the future. Here, uh, I I talked to uh, the gentleman who owns Vegetable Buddies in South Bend on Saturday, and then uh, did did some email mm-hmm. intros. So I'm uh, hoping we can get that moving. Most definitely, we had a uh, a little bookie goof. So there's a date that needs to be filled. Yeah. So if it's not then, probably later. But yeah, that would yeah. be great. That's a great club. It, it'll be one of the best sound systems you've used. I mean, Ignitions is is great, but uh, the nice thing about Vegetable Buddies, it's uh, great and loud. So uh, you can definitely... I don't know if there's any place for you to climb there, though. So that... <laughs> they may have to set up a ladder or something. Is it a bar? Yeah, it's a it, it's a very nice bar. It's like a, it's a nightclub that's geared towards music. So I mean, live music yeah, is yeah. their is their main thing. So I climb 
like the bar every single night all across the U.S. Whenever we're on tour, I've only had one bar ever be kind of, um, but <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know. That's something that morphed over time. And that was the whole reason I got a wireless system was I was like, man, and I always think about it then from like a sanitation standpoint. I wonder, have I ever gotten someone sick you know, from taking my like skanky shoes onto the bar and then they're, you know, down and then they touch their face. And I thought about that, but then, you know, I think, well, then you get stronger immune systems. So yeah. hard to say. And that's the risk you take when you go see live music. It is, it is, you know, sanitation. Right. I remember my thought now. Um, there's two guys I met or, or I actually spoke with at the um, uh, Fountain Square show that uh, I first of all, they they um, ticked me off a little bit because I thought we came the furthest to see you guys. And these guys are all the way from Detroit. Is it uh, is it Matt and Josh that um that are huge fans of you guys and they they were at the ignition show and then they were at the fountain square show it's um it's the bark brothers matt and brian bark matt and brian okay yeah they're from detroit yeah yeah they're great they're uh i can't remember if they're twins or not they just but they're they're most definitely related yeah and (laughs) it's very evident no they're they're definitely fans that have also turned into friends, man. And those are like the best you know, types of people. And also on our Halloween show, I remember we played with autumn androids. They're good there you go. Autumn androids. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I had to get that out, you know, in case they listen, <laughs> and they think I'm just the worst person on earth. Um, yeah. The bark brothers, man, they're the best. Like, uh, and that's been cool. Like that's, that's the power of the vinyl has really, you know, we have people routinely driving three and four hours sometimes to come see us at certain venues because like maybe we'll have something they want or they were, they found out about us because of our vinyl saw us in their own hometown. And then we're like, man, you know, if you're within a couple hours, like I'm just going to come see you. And that's been like a, a really cool feeling. Right. You know, that's a, it's a, a small dip being uber famous must feel like (laughs) yeah i it was so funny when we were there because i turned around and i saw him and i think i had spoken to him just a little bit um at the show you did at ignition and i'm like looking at my wife and i'm like those guys were at ignition and i didn't know where they were from so i went up and just started talking to them and man they drove all the way from detroit to indy that's dedication to a band And the show, the show's worth yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. I'm glad you think so. We hope so. We, uh, something that we do as a band is we do these, we call them like turn and burns, but in half to four hours to, and come back if we have to, because of like work and scheduling, mm-hmm. it's part of what allowed to hit that big number is, you know? And so it's cool whenever like, I know how hard that can be on the body. And so when I see fans doing it, it like gets me that much more jacked because like, I know what they're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we like the other night, we, we had a show in St. Louis on Saturday to open up, you know, the store. So we left St. Louis at about 1230 St. Louis time. 
it's one thirty here. He had to be at work at nine and wow. it's about a four hour drive. Not too bad, but you take a little stop in between there. And like, basically I throw him out the door and you know, I get home and I fall into my, the life, it's the life you live. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I'm I'm definitely getting a little old for that stuff, but I can at least uh, I can at least follow. I can I can drive to Indy and see you guys and wherever you go. Seven thirty eight falling into your bed is not as cool as it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, I really enjoyed talking to you and learning more about the band. Um, people can find you on Facebook at Brother O Brother, and you've also got the Brother O Brother website. Um, are you on Twitter? Uh, we are, but we never use it. Okay. So it'd be pointless to point you that way. Um, but we use Instagram a lot and that's been really helpful. It's just brother or brother underscore. Right. As far as socials go, that's the best bank for your buck right now. Right. Right. Like I said, the, the music is really transformative for me. I mean, like I said, I've been obsessed for a while now and it, I'll listen to something and I'm like, eh, I'm just going to throw neon native on and, uh, give that a, give that a spin. And it's really great for those eight hour drives down to, uh, Tennessee. It <laughs> really, really helps pass the time. Appreciate it, man. As, uh, as people who are on the road all the time, the time, it means a lot that we are in your past the time regiment because that's that's the true test. Right, uh, right. Like, man, I just got to make it through. So, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for, uh, you know, what you're doing for bands and just like uh, promoting them and spreading the good word. Yeah, I de- I'll definitely keep doing that. Hey, Chris, do you mind if um, I either start the show or end the show with one of your songs? By all means. Okay. They are all for free. Okay. So, of course. Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, I always like to ask first. Definitely. No, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking, man. Like, we, so Warner, he runs a podcast called Nerd Management. It's all about, like, uh, just like kind of nerd pop culture stuff. Oh, wow. And I'm a, and I'm a huge, huge podcast guy. I listen to a lot of sleep podcast and, uh, there's a lot of just kind of like, uh, learning podcasts. There's this one called time suck and it's like, it's like the best podcast I've ever listened to. Okay. Um, it's ran by this comedian. He like, uh, goes over, a research topic like he'll be like oh today we're gonna learn about you know eleanor roosevelt or whatever just but it's awesome like it's so good can't suggest it enough yeah so, yeah. yeah i like I mean, uh a big fan of the podcast life oh i i love them too i like uh revisionist history and the the serial podcasts are great and my favorites uh mark maron's podcast wtf that's uh that's yeah, the one really good yeah it's that's like uh that's the one that got me into it. He's a super good interviewer. He just like um, does a good job of, I guess, a little bit the the interview, but he doesn't get in the way. Like he'll just kind of let you know. He's a really good way of getting you know his guys to open up. Right. I mean, it's the whole it's the whole idea of why you're having him on there. So. Right. Yeah. He's uh, he's, he's great. He. 
No, he's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks he a lot. Also gets, you know,